Here we go. Glad you're back. And thanks for joining us for episode number 49 of Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. And as always, thanks for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation. Here at Healthcare 360, we aim to answer one question and one question only. Had we known there were other options to exhaust and explore before we travel down the traditional healthcare route, would you explore them? Would you weigh those options against what we think healthcare and medicine really is? Know anyone who's been sued by the U.S. government? Ever consider why stem cell medicine, its discovery, research, and technology are so important to healthcare? Be ready to have your eyes open. A world-renowned expert and modern-day pioneer on regenerative stem cell therapies, Kristen Camilla, PhD, and I get together to talk about her battle with the FDA, U.S.-based regulatory agencies, and Big Pharma. Kristen's fight for my cells, my choice dives into the hijacked, lobbyist-driven regulatory agencies, the media frenzy that followed, and the hypocrisy she has encountered while standing up for what she believes in. I first met Kristen at Biohackers Fitness in Western Florida, where I experienced a cryotherapy chamber and other really cool cellular biohacking technologies. And after learning of Kristen's story, I knew I had to have her tell her story to the 360 Nation. Take a listen and peek inside what's really going on in healthcare and who's really pulling the strings. And before I forget, be sure not to miss next week's episode, number 50, with my conversation with Sean Singh of Vistagen for an inside look into the pharmaceutical world. As always, I appreciate you stopping by Healthcare 360 for episode number 49. Glad you're here, only on Healthcare 360. Let's dive into this. Let's go. Okay. I have a short dissertation of notes. <laughs> you. you are the CEO of Logics. You are the chief scientific officer for U.S. Stem Cell and U.S. Stem Cell Inc. Mm-hmm. Those two in the same or are they different? Uh, U.S. Stem Cell Inc. was or is a publicly traded company. Okay. And I was an officer, so chief science officer and yep. also a board member of that company. But mm-hmm. I've resigned, you resigned from, that. from that one. Yeah. Okay. U.S. Stem Cell Clinic is partially owned by Inc. Understood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Education, rap sheet is off the charts. Uh, you have MS in chemical engineering, Ohio State University, mm-hmm. doctorate of philosophy candidate in biomedical and medical engineering, FIU, bachelor of science, chemical engineering, University of South Florida, uh, doctorate of philosophy, PhD, stem cell biology, uh, Panama College of Cell Science. Mm-hmm. And what do you do in your free time? <laughs> So actually, uh, in this past probably year and a half, uh, I started a new facility called Biohackers yep. Health and Fitness, and I spend a ton of time there, mostly because I love it, and I teach a lot of yoga, meditation, yoga. Let me just jump into this. Uh, welcome to the episode of Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. In front of me, we have Kristen Camella. Uh, you just heard her credentials and everything she's achieved in her life, uh, education-wise, professional-wise, but that is not who she is. When I met her at her company, Biohackers in Florida, which is about 45 minutes south of where I live in Boca Raton, Florida, mm-hmm. we had an utterly amazing day. I watched you on YouTube. So my cell is my choice. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to begin. So first off, laughing my ass off because I'm sitting there taking notes, listening to you, watching you, laughing at just all the hypocrisy. Yeah. And not even red tape. Right. Criminal activity. Oh, yes. At the largest scale. Yes. Criminal. Absolutely. That's the right word, right? I think so. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. let's just jump into a couple points. So the FDA has a position on sale of health. 
and we're going to get into what that all means, but your position is your cells, your choice. Yeah. You know, the unique thing is that every single one of us has stem cells inside our body. Mm -hmm. This is an amazing gift. These heal you all day long, every single day till the day you die. Mm -hmm. And why not harness the technology that's really inside you? That's built in. That's built in. Better than any technology, better than the fancy technology and the iPads and the pods and whatever else. Mm -hmm. The technology inside you is light years ahead of any technology that could possibly. And I mean, just think about everything that's happening every second. It's a cascade of events constantly in your body allowing you to function. Let's work it backwards. So if we looked at technology and how we understand it today with electronics, Mm -hmm. it's industrial age. It's what, 100 years old? Right. But our bodies, depending on what scientific methodology you believe in, we're millions of years old, we're thousands of years old, whatever. I mean, every moment in front of us is 14 billion years in the making. Right. You know, so matter is coming together just so. All together. We're going to challenge that length of time versus a blip in the screen. Right. Okay. I mean, and certainly I would trust my body to heal more than I would trust something that's chemically made, mass manufactured, that's only, you know, and I'm speaking of chemical medicine, Mm -hmm. has only been around for about 100 years. So I'm definitely going to trust my body to heal itself before I'm going to go down the pathway of chemical medicine. And that's not to say that there isn't a place for chemical medicine. There are certain times where it can be life-saving, life-altering, life-changing. But if I have an opportunity to heal myself, I'm going to pick that first all day long. This is where when we mentioned about meditation, where this is going to all tie together at the end. Mm -hmm. Your cells, your choice. So you mentioned that someone. And I'm assuming you mean the FDA here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being speculative. Thinks otherwise to what you just talked about. Yeah. yeah. Why do they want to control stem cell research? What do they want to control? And, I, and I, I think I have the answer for it. I want to hear it from you. But why do you think they want to have so much control over that target? Especially since when you go through and they have a uh, – what, what was that, that guidance um, – because there was so much information here. It's stuff that was way outside of anything I have dabbled in in my healthcare right, career. Right. Yeah, so the FDA puts forward something called guidance documents. Guidance documents, yeah, yeah exactly. Versus yes. something called the Code of Federal Regulations, which mm-hmm. are laws. Code of Federal Regulations are laws that are enacted by Congress. Mm-hmm. Guidance documents are really the opinion of the regulatory agency. But unfortunately, our government has gotten way too big. And they have way too much control. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that the government does is they push forward concepts in guidance documents and push them as if they're law. And then they go after any organization, person, et cetera, who doesn't comply with their guidance document without going through the appropriate rulemaking procedures. So they're acting as if. They're acting as if it's a law. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that the government, in particular, the agency that I'm referring to is the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has said that the stem cells that exist inside your body, and in particular, those that exist inside fat tissue, are a drug. You are walking around with drugs inside your body. Okay, so let's stop. Let's pause. You're a drug. Mm -hmm. I'm a drug sitting here right now. So they're trying to claim ownership Mm -hmm. over our natural cellular chemistry, God-given, mm-hmm. however you want to term it. Yeah. 
free being. And I think that if most Americans or any human in the world realized that this was what was happening, they would be outraged. But they don't know. They don't know. Most people don't know. They don't realize that they have something in their body that is magical. Yeah. Stem cells healing them constantly. And the government wants to take control of those and allow pharmaceutical companies to sell those back to us at huge prices. So you have a small procedure done and you extract the cells. So you would extract the tissue that would include the cells. cells. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to put them through a centrifuge Mm -hmm. and then you're going to re-inject them back in. Right. And what is remaining now, that's what people call PRP, right? Um, so PRP is from your blood. Okay. So a little different. This isn't stem cells. It's okay. going to be serum, okay. growth factors, you know, so healing things in it. PRP is yep. also good. Now, blood products and the FDA are regulated a little differently. So those kind of got grandfathered in, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the FDA saw an opportunity to control the space of stem cells, um, specifically ones that can be utilized to overcome diseases that, in this case, pharmaceutical companies make a lot of chemical medicine to address. So there's a potential issue with them and their profit margins. So it's, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's dancing right now yeah. <laughs> with all this. <laughs> they extract, they centrifuge, they re-inject it back in, they keep it really, really simple, and they're charging you for it. Yeah. The physician. The physician. The physician who would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... Where is the difference how you were doing it, your companies that you were working with and for mm-hmm. as a board member or the chief science officer yeah. versus the third party Novartis or the Genzymes of the world, et cetera? Yeah. So some of the cellular medicine that's being brought forward by pharmaceutical companies is more of an off-the-shelf type product. So instead of personalized medicine, your cells back to you, point of care, bedside, mm-hmm. That would just be between you and a physician. The pharmaceutical companies are trying to mass produce cells. So they might do what's called an allogeneic source, Mm -hmm. somebody else's source or a universal donor, mass produce these cells. So it would actually be similar to a drug model because they can mass produce it. They can bottle it. They can patent it. They can sell it for big ticket items. So Mm -hmm. for example, Novartis now has two approved cell and gene therapy products that are some of the most expensive drugs on the market. One is sold for $2.1 million per dose, and per one dose. is sold for $1.2 million per dose. And oh, meanwhile- no, This is over the counter? Or how do you get that? I mean, how- uh, You would still get it through a doctor, but you, you, know, you would have a specific indication. So they might have one for leukemia, and then they would administer that at the hospital, or it mm-hmm. mostly would go through a hospital system. So this is not going to be like an individual practitioner. This is not like a CVS, Walgreens, medicine no, no, no. type. This like it is... would have to be administered IV or. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you would still be going to a medical professional. Yeah. And in those cases, those kind of products are administered by the big money-making hospitals. So it's almost like this concept of the small physician big who disease, has an big office. Big medicine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And these doctors who are trying to have a single practice – that they can't compete. Who can compete with that? They can't. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. And, to and do you that. can't compete with and the marketing no guarantee, machine. Right? There's no guarantee you're going to get better either at the no. same time. And I think that if you sat down and explained these concepts to most people mm-hmm. and said, hey, would you rather have your own cells or would you rather have a mass produce somebody else's cells? 
I think most people are going to say, no, 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 let's put my cells in me. Right. You know, to extract them, clean yeah, them up, and, put them back you know, like, in and see and what it does. And maybe if, you know, depending on how you explain that, they might not necessarily understand or they, you know, but call me a DNA purist, but I'm going to want my own DNA in me. I don't want other people's cells and DNA inside me because we don't know, could there be issues associated with that? That's uncertain. I can see where some people may have just awful, awful diets where they may want someone else's. Yeah. For example, and let me make this relatable to most people. So if you have an ACL, so an anterior cruciate ligament in your knee replacement. Sure. It was very common to have a patella or hamstring graft put back in. Sure. But most of the times now, because people want to be in the recovery stage faster. Sure. They use an allograft. They might use a graft. And the allograft, you have no scar tissue or rebirth in either the patella void or the hamstring void. Of your, so this is kind of the same thing? Yeah. Well, so a couple things. One, maybe you don't have to get a graft at all. You know, you've got an issue in your ACL. Maybe you get your own stem cells injected and you repair that. So you don't have to get a graft. You know, so maybe that's the direction. Is there research that supports that? Yes, we've yeah. done plenty of cases like that. Even um, we've wow. done some athletes, professional athletes, who were told, A, your career's over. B, it's a total, like a full tear. And, you know, even when it looks like a full tear on an MRI, there could still be some fiber attachment. Mm -hmm. And so if you have something that will allow you to build that bridge back. Right you know, maybe injecting the cells. Now, that's not to say that it's going to work in every single case. Now, was this the same technology that a lot of the pro athletes were leaving America and going over to Europe for? There were a lot of athletes leaving the country to get stem cells injected. So, mm -hmm. you know, different types of cells. Now, in the case of injecting somebody else's stem cells inside you, my belief is that you will still be limited by your own circulating cells. So even if you're like, well, I'm 90, I'd mm -hmm. rather have a 20-year-old cells you're still limited by your cells in your body. What will happen when you inject cells is they create what's called a paracrine effect. And that means they basically call other cells to the area to yeah. heal. So mm -hmm. it's calling your own cells if anyway. they're calling their friends over. They're calling in friends. Right. So injecting younger cells doesn't necessarily mean better because you're limited by your age. So again, I go back to the concept of wouldn't I rather have my own cells, right. especially when I know that's a possibility. Now, you brought up the concept of somebody who's not so healthy. Right. You know, maybe they yep. just eat a lot of fast food. This is why fat tissue is such an amazing source for stem cells because the stem cells that exist inside the fat are a protected source. And you separate out the adipocytes, which are the actual fat cells, which would harbor all the toxins and the bad stuff that the person is exposing themselves to, whether it's from their diet or the environment or, or any other location mm -hmm. that you could get toxins, and you keep only the good stuff, the stem cells. Right. So regardless of how unhealthy you are, you're getting rid of those toxins. Okay. You're keeping the good stuff. Now, what are the protocols then for people who are in that category, unhealthy, don't eat well, poor sleep, et cetera? They obviously have to have a a lifestyle change. Well, I mean, part. certainly that right. would be what I would recommend. You yeah, know, right. Like, okay, time to get everything in gear. You <laughs> know, and I think one of the issues with current diet programs is they're based on starvation, calorie restriction, yeah, you know, yeah, the Weight yeah. Watchers, those yeah. those kind of things, caloric restriction, which never works. So, which is why it's cyclical, and they keep, and, coming, and back. keep coming back. Well, I lost yeah. forty pounds. Well, then I gained fifty back. Right. Yeah. And, and oftentimes these people, they're almost brainwashed because they'll say, no, 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 it works. I lost 40 pounds. So why are you here? Well, I gained 60 back. 
Okay. <laughs> so it didn't work then. Right, right. And what it actually does is it slows their metabolism and it puts more stress on the adrenals. It puts more stress on the body and they end up worse than they were before. So I work with Phil Kaplan at Biohackers, who yep. has developed some amazing, amazing programs with regards to health and fitness. And one of the programs that we have addresses nutrition and supportive eating, not starvation. Not starvation, mm -hmm. yeah. Getting the nutrients that you need. Getting the nutrients you yeah. need. Mm -hmm. Let's bring this back to the stem cell. My word is going to be payment system. Mm -hmm. And what I got from your video... Why are we only charging 5000 when we can charge 1.2? Right. Right. Big disease, big cure. Follow that string that holds us, that onset of, of how to be profitable, profit before people type. Yeah. Why did the U.S. government allow that to happen? These people are in the same, the same world as you and I live. So why would they allow those regs act as if they were there? I know the lobbyists, and everyone's heard those stories. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is significant. I mean, if someone can just simply go in, extract, reinstall pure cells so they can do some some havoc and cause a positive benefit. Healing, yeah. Healing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And yet we're stopping that from happening. That's affordable. Our regulatory agencies have been hijacked. By who? Big industry. So agencies like the CDC, mm -hmm. the FDA, mm -hmm. have been hijacked by Big Pharma, period, 100%. I, I can't imagine that people would still deny that. Yeah. Well- You know, 90-some percent of the funding for the FDA comes from Big Pharma. 97%. Yeah. They, they, they own <laughs> our regulatory agencies. And it's a revolving door of incest of going from the regulatory agency being the head of it back to pharma and then back again. Just for example, the CDC, uh, one of the women who was the head of the CDC and did some, in my opinion, really awful things with regards to regulation and some of the vaccines and vaccine schedules, et cetera, she then ended up being the head of the vaccine program at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies making millions of dollars per year. Mm. Now, maybe she's got a heart of gold, but shouldn't we be allowed to talk about that or ask, right. hey, what's going on? Does it make sense for the former head to go? Just recently, Scott Gottlieb was the head of the FDA. Within a matter of a month or so of leaving the FDA, went onto a board of the Big Pharma. And got the dividends. And then got millions right. of dollars for vaccine development for COVID. I mean, you know, so these are the things that, that they should be making big news and they don't. So also think about who funds our media. The media is funded by pharma. So they control the message. I did not know that. Oh, yes. I didn't know the pharma fund. Okay. All right. Well, watch the news. What's every other yeah. commercial? Well, it's all, yeah. Well, you see the, mm -hmm. hey, go ask your doctor about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen, I've known that. Pharma also funds all of our politicians who then yeah. are responsible for making policy. So these policies and the message is not about health. It's so, not. Let me recircle this for a second. So you talked about the CDC. 97% of the CDC is funded by Big Pharma. FDA. Uh, I'm sorry, FDA. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
FDA and the CDC are brother and sister yes. at the elbows. Yes. Which then, in your video, you talked about the DOJ yes. oversees the credentialing and the validation of the FDA. So the DOJ are the attorneys right. for the government. For the government. Right. Anytime there's any issue, they're, they want to bring suit, they want to, you know, whatever they want to do, yeah, the in. DOJs are the attorneys. So they represent the so regulatory agency. FDA, CDC, brother and sister, DOJ, the attorneys for the brother and sister. Correct. Yeah. Once, once it's all laid out in front of you, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Sometimes I think ignorance was bliss. You said um, that a couple of times. Yeah. Like I came <laughs> into the space of science. Mm-hmm. And especially taking a science slash engineering background and applying it to the greatest machine ever made, the human body. I was 100% pure and innocent in that path. Like that was what I wanted to do. I had zero idea or concept of the corruption that went on. And it wasn't until really I got sued by the United States of America that I started to realize how deep this corruption goes. It's and all they wanted to do was to stop you so they can take over and put a payment system in place for their invention that you hadn't before them. Mm-hmm. That's the simplicity of it. Yeah, it does come down to money. It really does. And yeah. who's going to make the profit? And it's not going to be the small practitioner who's actually helping patients. How can we mass produce this? How can we patent it? And how can we make money off it? So here's something. I was laughing when I, when I saw this. So what did you learn about the media? When you saw that publication come out, when the FDA was coming in and they were trying to, basically what it sounded like anyways, was that they're trying to just take patient information mm-hmm. over the guidelines of HIPAA regulation. Correct. Okay, let's yeah. make sure we're clarifying that, right? Yeah. That's important. Uh, you stepped in, and all this, again, is in the video on YouTube, link in the podcast notes, check it out. They said no, and they were assuming that you didn't know your shit. Yeah, and they so didn't know what, you know, I what think, to do. And look, not, not to say that I'm not scared a lot. Like I, I am. Yeah. This is a terrifying process. It is, but I just always keep myself focused on you know, like what is the goal? What am I standing up for? This is bigger than me, and it is important that people keep the rights of ownership of their own cells. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened is the FDA and you know the regulatory agencies send agents to come into the clinic. So these are federal agents. They come into the clinic. Uh, where we were doing stem cell procedures for patients. It's, now, you were getting paid for it, right? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes. Just, just make sure it's clear because I don't want people saying, oh, you were doing this pro bono. No, or, no, no, no. Yeah. No. So you're no. getting paid for it. You yeah. Were, and yeah. to just add a little yeah. piece on that. Put some color um, on it. Yeah. So I was the chief science officer of U.S. Stem Cell Inc., which was a publicly traded company. Because, you know, we didn't have the backing of pharma, et cetera, et cetera, there were money challenges. We couldn't get funding and we couldn't get funding from like the big banks, like usual places you would go to get funding to study new medical procedures. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the company could not afford to pay me. So it just so happens that when the agents came in, I was not getting paid anything. So I was technically a volunteer. So I was accruing salary. And anyone can look this up in the public documents, the SEC public documents, showing the amount of money in unpaid salary that I accrued over a 15-year period. It's over a million dollars. That was salary for work I did that I never got paid for. And you know why I did that? Because I believe in this and because I know it works. Mm -hmm. And because 
Americans have a right to their own stem cells. Now, that's not to say that I never got paid. Of course, I was an employee of the company. I made a W-2 and I made enough money to support my family. No issues there whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't mean to imply that I'm like some sort of martyr. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, it just uh, so I happens. I want to make sure we clarify that because yeah, it's of important. Yeah, gonna, like it's, it was my job. Right. Someone would try to yeah. dig into this and go, well, you know. and Yeah, yeah. I was not a volunteer. Let's get rid of all that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> just like everyone else had a job, I had a job too. So uh, when the agents came in and they come in unannounced and you have to stop what you're doing and they Outside just, of a procedure on a patient. You're allowed to finish a procedure on a patient, right? Well, if there's a physician in the room, I mean, technically, if they really wanted to, yeah, they could get a subpoena and like storm in, but there could be certain legal issues associated with that. But they okay. come into the clinic and sure. you have to bring them in. Yep. So if you say, you know, get out, you can't come in at all to an agent, then they go directly to the court and then they come in for sure or they padlock your business. So like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. Like, yeah, of course, right. I let them in. Yeah. So, you know, we're sitting. So one of the things they request, and they request all sorts of documentation. They want everything from, they want a manual for, you know, this piece of equipment, uh, an autoclave, which is something that you would use to sterilize medical equipment mm-hmm. that the physicians would use. Uh, we want a manual for that. So then you have to get the manual. You have to copy that. You know, so they spend weeks with you. And this this will consume you. You know, so this is just kind of how a regulatory inspection works. So none of this is out, out of the ordinary. They would do this. Mm-hmm. So one of the things they requested was a name that a list of all the patients who had been patients at the clinic. And I said, "Well, wait a minute, yet? No, no. We we see you know a lot of patients <clears throat> here with delicate medical information, and I did not get the consent of all those patients to share their medical information with a government agent coming in." And so what they said to me was, no, uh, we're from the government and we're exempt from HIPAA. I said, okay, let me understand that. Show me the law that says that you're exempt and that I have to share confidential medical information of our patients. Great question. Yeah. And so they showed me a law that says, if a medical professional deems there to be a public safety issue, they are allowed to break HIPAA and give the information to the government. And I said, there is no communicable disease issue. We don't deem there to be anything. It would actually be illegal for me to break HIPAA and give you this list of patients. And so they said, we disagree. And we're going to write in here that you're not complying and you're refusing inspection. And so they wrote this in the public report. And that piece of it got picked up by the media. And so what the media said is... And how how did that leak so quickly? They did a press release, the FDA. Oh. Yeah. On purpose. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> press release. And and they also did like an early release of the press release to all the big news, LA Times, you know, all the big ones. Right. And um, by the way, the LA Times is owned by one of the largest vaccine makers. It's interesting. Washington Post Very. is owned by Jeff Bezos. Yeah, we, I know that. I've yeah. seen that. That was as recent as, what, three or four years ago he mm-hmm. bought the Washington mm-hmm. Post? Yeah. 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 Um, who also owns some pharma companies now. And land. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Along with the queen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, of course, then the media prints Kristen Camella refusing government inspections and hiding and this and that, which wasn't true at all. So let me, let me take a pause here for a second. Professionally, where were you headed you're a chief science officer. 
it's a big position. Mm-hmm. We know your educational rap sheet. You know what you're doing and how to do it. Where were you going? Um, so at this point, I had published uh, over a dozen of world first mm-hmm. stem cell treatments for different diseases indexed on PubMed, so peer-reviewed journals. I had been uh, listed as one of the top stem cell scientists in the world, and it all kind of just – so once the so FDA – So you were going up. Yes. In your career, like you were doing what you loved. Mm-hmm. People were responding mm-hmm. to it. And patients were getting results. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. It felt great. It felt great because, you know, like we had patients who, you know, traumatic brain injury and weren't able to communicate or, you know, wheelchair bound and, you know, talking again or bladder control. I mean, you know, just so many different things. Mm -hmm. Stories of patients and and their recovery process and, and even knee injury, something, you know, to that level. And it, it was very, very rewarding. I loved my job. I loved what we did. And when the regulatory agency started kind of attacking this space. They put an eight-foot thick wall right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And you stopped. You're yeah. there. You're trying to figure out a way to get around it. Right. But eventually they started increasing yeah. the decline. You know, so they first started down. with like warning, warning letters, you yeah. know, stop or else. And so then we would respond to these and the attorneys would help. We would, you know, like actually the law says X, Y, Z and – you know, the government doesn't own these. These are medical procedures, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so that's when they brought full lawsuit. And that was a strange day that I got served with a lawsuit. And, you know, it read the United States of America versus Kristen Camella. Yeah, like by your country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 I am an American. You can't sue me. I'm one of them. You right. <laughs> you know, and it just, it was kind of outside the realm of possibility. I'd never heard of such a thing. Right. Kind of very surreal. And they, at the same time, offered an opportunity to go away and be quiet. It's called a consent decree. Yep. They said, sign this consent decree, go away, be quiet, and we'll drop the whole thing. We won't bring the lawsuit. But if you don't sign it, lawsuit, you know, DOJ and kind of everything after. And there was really never a doubt in my mind. I knew I had to fight. And I knew I was fighting the impossible battle of my life. And I knew that they would come after me and they would say terrible things and they would get the media. And I knew, um, but I didn't know to what extent. It was way more than what I thought. Just to be clear, I didn't do any research. Mm -hmm. What the tabloid media says yeah and that's really what it is right. uh and all the i don't even want to say it's fake news but just the lies at right. this point you know and, you know it gets twisted and look some of it is true yeah and, and that's fine but like, you can I'm okay. twist truth you can twist truth that's exactly what it yeah. is but I'll, I'll, let me give you an expression of that mm-hmm. so the doctor that came out out of houston texas yeah isabella emmanuel the estella woman, estella yeah, emmanuel, yeah, yeah. right they yes. just came out correct so a friend of mine's like, hey, you need to get her on the show. And I was like, oh, let me start looking her up. And I saw all the negative press on her right, right away. Yeah. So I was able to find out who she was and everything else. So now as I'm looking her up and I see these different articles, this morning I actually was forwarded these articles from Michelle. And one of them was she believes in demons and alien DNA. Yes, I saw that. Okay. Now let's just work backwards, folks. What is the population of Christianity in this country? 
It's, it's pretty high. Yeah. Right. So I would say let's. I, I don't know the number. Let's say it's eighty percent. Let's yeah. just guess at that number. Mm-hmm. Guesstimate. So if eighty percent of Americans are under the umbrella of a Christian religion mm-hmm. denomination, can then be separated down whether it's Lutheran, Catholic, uh, Protestant, whatever. Okay. If you believe in God, guess what the Bible teaches you? Right. To believe in the devil, and his little minions, the demons. Right. And they just twisted that truth with her, which is why I bring that up. Right. Because everything can be twisted. Right. So let's make sure that we keep everything into context here with, yeah, were things there that some people may not agree with? Sure. But you don't understand the context behind or how it was twisted. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I have to bring that up. Nothing like going through kind of a media frenzy to to realize how there can be twists in the media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, if the story is like – Yay, everything was hunky dory and everything's great. That's not a good story. They right. don't print that. Right. You know, that's yeah, how sure. it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rainbows and butterflies. So, you uh. know, at the point that this all started happening, we had treated more than 10,000 patients and they cherry pick two or maybe three adverse events. Mm-hmm. And then they make a fuss about that. So that was kind of what the media was. And look, Probably it was like nothing. And, and like, I have to always take a step back because I feel like that's my ego that gets, you know, like upset or like, like you know, that's ego. <laughs> Let that go. Who cares? You know, but you know, like I'm still human. And so um, the the mission is bigger than that. And so like, who cares? Somebody said a mean thing. Nobody's even reading the newspaper. Like nobody's even reading the LA Times anymore. Like who right. reads that? Everyone's the only one video. reading those articles was me. And like I could barely finish them because they were so boring. I was like, this is about me. I'm not even reading it anymore. So, you know, like as soon as I could just put it in context, like I could let that go real quick and just stay focused on the mission. So, of course, I decided to move forward with the lawsuit. I did not sign their consent decree. And when I started kind of looking deeper at the players at the FDA, that's when I really started to become fully aware of the corruption and that there could be more to this picture than just – get rid of Kristen Camella. And now you're figuring out who's who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with name drops and, and as well as corporation of who owns who. Yes. So you understand the full right. matrix and order of things and how they work. Right. Yeah, we, we may need to have another discussion about yeah. that one too. So fast forward, <laughs> we're preparing for the trial mm-hmm. and essentially the trials how to long determine- How did the trial last? Well- Yeah. You're funny that you think I had one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So we're, you know, about to go to trial. And um, essentially the trial is we say your own stem cells are owned by you and Mm -hmm. you should be allowed to use those in a medical procedure. You walk into your doctor's office. You stay awake the whole time. You don't even go under general anesthesia. Tissue out, tissue in, medical procedure, go home. Good job. Mm -hmm. The government says, nope, this is a drug. Um, it must go through the drug process and it's owned by pharma and then they would then sell it back to you. So this is the case. This is the whole case. Maybe 10 days mm. before we're set to go to trial. Meanwhile, I've had to cover all of the legal fees associated with this. And, you know, of course, the DOJ is the attorneys for FDA. So all their legal fees are just covered by us, the taxpayers. But, you know, we have to pay all our own legal fees. We're preparing, you know, trial, we're ready, let's go, it's happening. Ten days before, the judge canceled the trial. And she said, no, no, the government is always right. They get to interpret their own laws. 
we don't need to have a trial, and she used a case called Our Deference, which says basically regulatory agencies can interpret their own laws, and that's that. Key phrase to remember. Mm -hmm. Our Deference. And what was that case based on? So that actually dates back to like the 30s, and it was like a regulatory agency type thing, but it wasn't stem cells. So this case has now gone before the Supreme Court, our deference, a a few times. Mm -hmm. And this past time, it was not overturned. Some of the conservative judges were trying to overturn it, but then some of the liberal judges were wanting to keep it in place, allowing the regulatory agencies the power to interpret their own laws, even in cases where it's obvious that the law doesn't say that. They can just add their own interpretation. So that... That interpretation of our deference is still in play today. It is. Some of it is kind of outdated practice. So it was actually kind of good what they said. And what they said is that it will probably come up again. Mm-hmm. So here's the, kind of the interesting play. So, you, so you, did you win? Did you lose? What was the... I lost. Because you lost. I lost. On a decision from one person. One person who didn't allow me to speak one word in court. I and, never got to speak my voice. And a decision that was based... In the 1930s? Yes. On a case that had nothing to do with? Essentially, yes. Mm-hmm. But it was aligned and associated in some way? Yeah. It just has to do with regulatory agencies being allowed to interpret their own rules. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong, right? Right. Where, is, where time, is freedom there? No, no. It's, it's awful. Yeah. So at the same time that they brought a case against me in Florida, the government, yep. they brought a case against two practitioners in California. And the the cases had been running somewhat parallel, but theirs was a little bit behind mine, um, moving slower through the court Did you know the people in California? Yes, yes. We're we're good colleague friends. Mm -hmm. Their case, the judge did not do what our judge said. And the judge said specifically in his, like, summary, what my judge did was wrong, and she should not have done that. Who paid her off? That's – okay, so here's a little (laughs) possible conspiracy. Sure. And, you know, look, look, I have no idea. I, I don't know what anyone's intentions is. You know, like half the time we barely know what our own intention is. Right. You know, we're all just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe she shouldn't have been the person. So University of Miami has a large stem cell facility. And they make millions of dollars from the government, the NIH, to do stem cell research. And they have a big, big program. Now, recently the NIH has been under significant... Scrutiny. Scrutiny mm. for being bought out, being sold out. Yes. True? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Our regulatory agencies are captive. Okay. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Including the NIH. Yes. Because they're held and revered. Yes. It's a problem. Right. The journals that are supposed to print science are owned by pharma. It's a problem. Yeah. We're not doing good science. And I don't mean to say that there aren't good scientists. You know, that's not it at all. Of course there are. Of course there are people doing good work. You know, there's plenty of people who want truth and and who don't even realize what's going on. Right. So anyway, this judge uh, who was to oversee our trial that she canceled and University of Miami, who happened to be the people who reported us to the FDA. They Hmm. were the ones who filed the report and said, get these guys. University of Miami. This judge happened to be dating a physician from University of Miami. 
Look, it could have nothing to do with it. They could be wonderful people. I don't know. But I did think it strange when I pulled the picture of her on the internet with her boyfriend, who's a doctor at University of Miami, and I realized University of Miami was the ones who reported us. Now, at this time, you were at FIU. I was a graduate student at FIU at that time, but I was also the chief science officer of USDEM. Okay. So some alignment of someone who worked with you, worked, knew someone over there, and that's how they found out, and they probably... It had to do with those handful of adverse events that were brought forward. So the patients ended up at University of Miami. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you had... Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So explain that real quick. Early on, we were addressing a lot of different indications. Mm -hmm. And in particular, the patients that would present were those that traditional medicine failed them. There was nothing else that could be done. Mm. Um, So one of the indications that we began working with was macular degeneration, which is a devastating eye disease where you eventually go blind. Right. And there's no cure for that. Right. Very common in our older population. Yes. Yeah. 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 Especially in people who smoke or, Mm -hmm. you know, diabetes. You know, so there's other issues associated. So um, we started doing some work with an ophthalmologist in Mexico And we did about 10 or so patients. And at the same time, the group in California, the doctors that also got sued, they were also doing similar work in eye cases and getting some good results. So we did about 10 patients and had some phenomenal results, people recovering vision, Mm. et cetera. We then did two cases that resulted in detached retinas and eye complications. Now, I can't speak in length or in detail on those cases because they're all confidential, et cetera. But I can say when you do injections into the eye, one of the expected or common potential adverse events is a detached retina, regardless of what you're injecting. Right. So, you know, these are the cases that get played over and over in the media. Well, detached retinas can happen if you shake your head too hard. Yes, Again, put it in context. You put it in context, but right. that's not necessarily how things get reported. Right. Right. And, you know, of course, the patients that present to the clinic who are interested in trying something that's kind of outside of what is, you know, the norm mm-hmm. are typically in a situation where nothing else has worked. So in other words, you're not getting patients who are like, everything's hunky-dory. I just want to try injecting stem cells into my eye. That's not the kind of patient that presents. Right, you right, know right. What I mean? Wow, wow. <laughs> you know, of course, those things are taken out of context. So meanwhile, California, same case. The judge in California says, judge in Florida, wrong. And at the same time, Supreme Court starts talking about this our deference and how judges who are relying on our deference are really outdated and that should not be the practice. So we file an appeal. Right now, we've done all the appeal. You, you file so what you, are called. You're still battling this. I'm still battling it. I'm in the appeal. How many years? Gosh, I feel mm-hmm. like this started in 2015. I was going to say at least four. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I was at least four. Yeah. So more than that. So this is kind of how they get you. You yeah. run out of money. Right. You oh, can't keep course. fighting. You can't keep fighting them. Yeah, because right. they could just keep fighting, and they just keep delaying and delaying and delaying. Right. So the case in California was actually scheduled to go to trial. In July, mm-hmm. they delayed it again. COVID, they oh, delayed it. Oh, sure, right. Mm-hmm. So what, is your, what are your desired outcomes for you, for the industry, for humanity? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for out of this? So. I was talking to your money back, of course. <laughs> which <laughs> I don't even know if that's a possibility. I mean, no, and, you know, like I've just kind of accepted. That is what it is. Right. You know, yeah. A, um, lot, of, a lot of money spent on lawyers. 
When I first lost the case or lost, like the trial was canceled and she sided with the government. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that was a devastating blow. Like, how could this be? How could, how could people not see? No, it's so obvious. Of course you own your cells. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I really started getting into meditation at that point because I was like, what, what's my purpose? (laughs) What am I supposed to be doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get it. But out of that came biohackers. You know, that was one of the, oh, I better open biohackers. <laughs> I've never been in a cryotherapy chamber in a negative 135 degrees. I want to go back and just so we can do the 100, I'm um, sorry, the negative 195 like Jeremy did. Yeah, all uh, in, level three. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but I felt so good. You were right. Like there was nothing left. There was no pain. Yeah, sometimes people say to me, well, I don't like to be cold. No, no, nobody likes to be cold. Get in. This is different. You're going to yeah. feel amazing when you step out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It really was. And I was standing there looking at this going, okay, this, what is this going to feel like? Yeah. Now, ironically, Michelle loves the pool. Okay. She loves swimming at nighttime. She likes sure. going in there and just relaxing, yeah. decompressing, anti-gravity, the whole nine yards. Right, right. Okay. That's where we talk to our kids. And she goes, hey, you want to come to the pool? I can't last five minutes. Right. Now, we're talking about water that's 80 degrees. Right. You're in Florida. Yeah. Sure. Doesn't and get I'm cold. Like, and I'm frozen. And, mm-hmm. and as soon as – if I create too much turbulence around myself, way too cold. Yeah. But then when we went to biohackers and we did the negative 135 plus, yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. But it was different. It was really was different. You it actually is. felt invigorated, refreshed, uh, more lively. Kind of like almost like you went through like a 16 or 14-hour fast where your brain is just awake. That's exactly it. Right? Yeah. And um, it naturally kicks a little oxytocin burst. Okay. So you do get that good feeling. I've literally never seen someone come out not smiling. Yeah, yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. They're just like smiling and laughing and giggling and, you know, that sensation that you have that feeling like you're alive yeah mm-hmm. that was that was and then on top of that the the hit type of conditioning that you mm-hmm. put us through mm-hmm. that was nuts right i have right. never pushed and pulled that hard yeah. and i wasn't sore the next day yeah yeah <laughs> well we did two really neat well we did several but as far as the workout goes we mm-hmm. did something called the arx yep and so this is called adaptive resistance training, and it's really the smartest weight machine you'll ever experience. It adapts to your ability. So when you're lifting traditional weights, you're kind of missing an opportunity because you can only lift the weight that you can lift mm-hmm. at your weakest point. And so with this machine, it allows you to max out at every range of the movement. Right. So you really get much more bang for your buck. And as a result, you can do way less reps and your entire weight training routine can be done in six minutes. And you're going to feel spent like you did an yeah. hour and a half. Like my body was, I remember that day, like I was just physically, my body, my presence was just done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, when I woke up the next day, I was like, okay. Right. But if I went out in my garage and I did a workout, I'd have a little bit of domes, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness, all that sure, kind of sure, stuff sure. after day two, maybe a little bit more. But it really wasn't, mm-hmm. it just wasn't the same. It was really, really different. It was really cool. We help so many people at Biohackers, you know, yeah. everything from back pain to, you know, people who are trying to get their health back. We do a ton of yoga. We use infrared lights. We do yoga under infrared meditation and, and mindset. And the mindset is, this goes back to the beginning of our conversation about the most magnificent Machine. Healing machine, yeah. this machine ever, calming the brain down, 
uh, hyperactive brain, always yeah. monkey just, mind. Yeah, just working, working, working. Sure. You can think of twenty things at once. Mm-hmm. You can focus maybe on one. You're like all these great ideas and imagination going on. So when you try to sit down and meditate and think, this is what I realized as I'm getting to this point is all the noise and the flowing and the moving is when you stop, when the flowing and the moving stops, Yeah, that's when it's disrupted. Right. When it's flowing and moving, you think everywhere, that's the meditation. That's the beauty of it all. Right. But it's really hard to capture that. So on that so, note, yeah. ready? Here it comes. Okay. You talk about meditation. Get that frame of thought to the amazing body and machine that we have and talk about the healing part. Because you mentioned that in the beginning. Our body, what if our body could heal yes. on its own? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I think when you focus your energy and your thoughts mm-hmm. on what you want, it happens. So as you think, so shall you be. You know, this is... Wayne Dwyer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I do a breathwork technique that is from Guru Sri Sri. It's Art of Living, mm-hmm. and it's called Sky Breathing. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And it's especially great for people who are, like, mathematical and type A. You know, because I couldn't get – when I first started, you know, maybe going to, like, a meditation – and it was a guided meditation, and they'd, like, have you walking through a stream with a tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, not for me. I'm making grocery lists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't do that, it. <laughs> I listened to that calm uh, meditation, the one they have on the Apple yeah, Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the – I was like, oh, my God, you're boring. Yeah, this is so boring. <laughs> I got to go. It I got that email to write. I got to do a thing. And so the breathwork meditation was where I kind of started. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I did it, I went out of body. You know, like you do the breathwork series and it, it's like a 30. Without plant-based medicines. This is yeah, just, I didn't take anything. Just, just by breathing. This was just with breathing. Mm-hmm. I was laying in Shavasana, so laying on my back. And I was standing next to me looking at me. But I was wearing my white lab coat, like my scientist coat. Mm-hmm. And I was looking back at myself and then I'm looking at myself in the science coat. And I was like, oh, that might be walking away from me, but I still get to be me. Huh. You know, so it was this kind of realization like it's okay if I can't be, you know, the fancy stem cell scientist. It's okay. I still get to be me. So you had I still an identity have a purpose. Issue. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you had – I don't know what the term is for it, but – I had something similar. Most athletes have something similar mm-hmm. is where their association and alignment with their sport is who they believe. That's I, who you are. I, I, yeah. yeah. Like you've done that for so long. It's not and... who you are. It's what you did. Right. So I say something in my yoga class a lot of times when we're about to start yoga, because I teach yoga now too, you know, I say three things for the next hour, you know, be 100%. And I want you to think of three things. I am nobody. Let go of those labels that you or somebody else have placed on yourself. (laughs) Scientist, mother, whatever it is, let it go for the next hour. I am nobody. Two, I want nothing. Let go of all that material stuff that has nothing to do with who you are. Mm -hmm. And I do nothing. Free yourself from all those tasks for the next hour. Give me 100%. Come back to source Source is peace. Source is love. I have to say that, gosh, I'm so happy right now. Like, Mm. I'm so happy and thankful for the opportunity, the challenges, the journey. I I mean, just what a cool ride. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
So you've just been sued by the U.S. government. Yeah. And you're sitting here in front of me and saying, how cool was that? Yeah. Basically how much fun it was. There's not many people that are in that club. <laughs> it's kind of an elite club. <laughs> All right. I need a little dose of that. I think a lot of people need a little dose of that. But the, uh, there's just so many thoughts that are going through my head right now. So the breath work and everything else, again, where you were, where you still are in the stem cell world, mm-hmm. still fighting the battle. Yeah. I need to come back to it for a second. What do you want for the goal there? I mean, is the goal to let your cells, your choice? Is that the goal? Yeah. Yeah. Let's win that case. My cell is my choice. Done. Done. Let's do it. You need to go see Trump about that. I'm sure he'll jump on board with that. I know. Rumor on the street is that Trump has had his own stem cells injected. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he has. And that he had it done in West Palm. Hmm. Hmm. So you went from from that to open up Biohackers, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, uh, I love we'll, it. We'll, we'll include all that stuff in there for yeah. sure. I, I actually, I was thinking... What's today? So today's Thursday, and we just got back on Tuesday from uh, Madeira Beach, Florida. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. We went wave running on Sunday. My girls love it. Boom, boom, boom. You, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We're just getting Adrenaline. Yeah, we're yeah. just getting pounded by the waves. And we, sure. we thought the waves were not that big, like a foot, two feet. But when you're going 60 miles an hour, oh, yeah. it's crazy. Then the next day, we went tubing. Boom, and just smashing the some water. Yeah. I mean, we woke up Tuesday morning. We were like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I mean, everyone. Everyone was like, oh, my neck. I'm like, did you have fun? Did you have fun? Did you enjoy yourself, right? And when I look back at the whole thing, I'm like, man, that was just so much fun. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. But I said, I need to go to Biohackers and go to get some cold therapy. I "I need to stop feeling this for a second. (laughs) But that was something that I realized. I realized that. The fun part in the head yes. made all the pain go away. It's true. I was like, oh, it was fun. It was a ball. Like, yeah, I have a couple. This is so powerful. People don't realize how powerful it yeah. is. I think a lot of times people get stuck in their circle of discontent, mm-hmm. and that's all they know. Right. Or like people who have diseases, they become their disease. Right, 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 You right. know, like they're just consumed in it. And if you can't see yourself coming out the other end, you never will. You right. never will. You'll die. You will yeah. die. You yeah. will die just like that. Your mind is so, so powerful. Someone told me, I didn't know this at all. I had no idea. But someone told me that if your body has a tumor and it forms a mass around that tumor, uh-huh. it is a capsule to stop it from going anywhere spreading. else, from sure. spreading. Sure. So when you go in there and you remove the mass and you don't get all of the tumor, just you just let the bad you guy out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. So one of the things in... Eastern medicine is we talk about the importance of fascia. So mm-hmm. this is why, you know, acupuncture, things like that. So fascia is the complex electrical grid. Mm-hmm. Western medicine kind of disregards the fascia. It's like, get the fascia out of the way so we can do surgeries. Right. And when you disrupt your complex electrical grid by doing surgeries, that can be very dangerous for the body. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and again, I don't mean to imply that no one should ever have surgery. Of course, surgery Surgeries for trauma. Surgeries for trauma. I mean, there are places that it would be like, yes, do surgery. But we have to always consider, you know, what is the effect of disrupting this machine? Mm -hmm. And that's where our traditional medicine fails. We don't think about the long-term effect of that. You know, we're very kind of narrow-minded in it. We're going to just go in and we're going to get this. Well, but then what's going to happen? 
you know, how is that all going to interact? And mm. what else have you done? Have you now unleashed cancer? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right. We're coming a little bit towards the end a little bit. I have a couple of different things when I want to throw by you. The Act, 1986. You, you mentioned I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, it, Andrew you, Wakefield. Andrew Wakefield. You, you can't get it on YouTube, been banned, anything on Facebook outside of small clips. You have to buy it off of his website. It's sure. 12 bucks. Yeah. No big deal. Worth uh, it. Worth every Great, great movie. Talk about that a little bit. Because I, I, I know the cliff notes, vaccines, Big Pharma. And the follow-up question to this is, Big Pharma owning our land owning how they produce food, the cyclical cycle of how it works into the healthcare system to make, make sure sick. that people mm-hmm. are sick all the time. Yep. This past Monday, we released an episode with Ben Azadi, ketocamp.com, ketogenic medical detective. Sure. And he was talking about vegetable oils and corn oils and all those bad Oof. oils that are out there and what it does inside. Yeah. I knew they were bad. I didn't know how bad. Oh, yeah. Because I actually said, I said, what about sugar and refined carbohydrates? He goes, I have one worse. Yeah. And he went into it and I was like, wow. Canola? Where's the canola tree? Oh, there isn't one? Huh. Right, exactly. That's made in a laboratory? That's weird. So talk about <laughs> 1986 real quick, the, the premise of that and what's mm-hmm. so important about it. And the reason why I'm bringing that up specifically, because it's going to show how deep the big farmer is. I have not done my homework, my full homework on is it all aligned and true. Yeah. And I'm not going to take anyone's word for it. I'm going to do my own homework and I'm sure. going to prove it and I'm going to show it. Yeah. So um, 1986 was an act that was passed in mm-hmm. 1986. An act of Congress. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what was happening is pharma was producing, I think it was a diphtheria vaccine mm-hmm. that was making a lot of people sick. There was, you know, like a bad batch or, you know, the, the way they were. And I think it had to do with whole cell versus partial cell. Okay. You know, like you can use like a whole whole virus versus a partial and, you know, then it creates an immune response. The whole point of vaccines is to create an immune response right. in your system. To protect you. To protect you. They kept getting adverse events and getting sued. Pharma did. And so they went to Congress and said, we're not, we're not going to produce vaccines anymore because we're going to run out of money. It's, it's not cost effective for us. We're getting sued and we can't afford to do it. And then you're really going to have a pickle on your hands because we're not going to produce any more vaccines. And so, yeah. Like the little kids they are. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if they did that. That was just my add-on. <laughs> oh, no, it was very animated. They, like, stop there. They turn their head to the corner. Right. And so. <laughs> Mommy said. Yeah. So Congress and then Reagan signed yeah. the act that said. Reagan signed that. That's right. Oh, 86. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was in office. You can no longer sue pharmaceutical companies for vaccine adverse events. They will not be held liable. Let's expand that. It also includes the physicians, the administrating physicians. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's make sure we include all Yes, of yes, that. yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. so nobody can be held responsible should there be an adverse event. Right. Instead, we'll go to this like special side court, which is called vaccine court. Is it really called vaccine court? Yeah, it's known as that now. I don't know if there was an actual term of it, but mm-hmm. everyone calls it vaccine court. If there is something that we deem to be an adverse event... We being CDC government, right. who we already know is bought by pharma, right. we deem it to be, then the government will pay out. <laughs> so we literally pay for the adverse events of pharma and any event that goes on from vaccines. In my opinion, people will go to jail over this one. The cover-ups make my case look silly. Yeah. 
I mean, people are definitely going to go to jail. And the one that I feel... So you're saying based on this movie and this production and publication of this film... This and others. There, there are plenty of films so coming so out. So you're telling me that there are things but, that you know, are coming out. But if you up, talk gonna... about it, if you say anything, saying, hey, I think we need to look at this. Let's question. Let's maybe do a safety study. Right. Oh, you'll get banned. You'll get censored. So that right there tells you that something's up. Right. Why are they censoring? Right, right, right. You mean we're not allowed to discuss it? And they say this, which anyone who is a scientist should be horrified. The science is settled. The literal definition of science is that it's never settled. It's never settled. It's exploratory. We're always learning. Right. So when they say, no, vaccine science is settled. No, it's not. The court cases are settled because we can't sue <laughs> if there's an adverse event. <laughs> and so patients who have been legitimately injured are not allowed to sue. And the one that I think is the most horrifying right now, the vaccine that's the most horrifying that I would never let my children get. Gardasil, which really? is the HPV one. HPV one, yeah. I read, yeah. Oh, you know something? They banned it in other countries, you know. Want to know something? So this is, talk about the universe and alignment and flow and everything else. Michelle just bought on Audible. Yeah. Strong Daughters, Strong Fathers. Yeah. What did they talk about in that book? Back when it was written, I, I know I read it when my daughters were one and two years, I'm sorry, uh, when my twins were one and Angie was three. Gardasil. Yeah, Gardasil's horrifying. Yeah. They are injuring girls left and right. And huh. boys too. Boys get Gardasil as well? Oh, yeah. Now they're recommending it for adults. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, and if you just go in the CDC website, by their own data, there is horrifying stuff in there. Now, Kennedy has been the attorney who's kind of taken this on. And Kennedy, of course, is the one who took on Monsanto and was the first glyphosate case, but yeah. now he's taken on Merck and GlaxoSmithKline. And he is, we think, going to be able to get some of the first cases in real court, not vaccine court, because of fraud. Huh. They're lying. Yeah, they're, they are lying. They're faking the data. They're lying. And they're also not attributing some of the adverse events like, hey, the vaccine schedule in the United States includes like 83 vaccines. Now, when we were little, I think you're about my age, but when we were little, we didn't get 83. We got like 10 vaccines. Right. That was it. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, 83. Our children are sicker than they've ever been. Yeah. Obesity, autoimmune diseases. I mean, Crohn's, who ever heard of little girls having Crohn's? Oh, now it's left and right. The thing is, when I hear different people talk on different podcasts about, oh, there's no conspiracy theory, I go, stop. One, do you know someone who's been affected by this? One. Mm -hmm. And two, if that is truly the case, why are they immune to a fallout? Fallout being financial, right. litigation, whatever, whatever, whatever exactly. we want to put out behind it. Well, you know, they've already gone through all these things. No, they haven't. Yeah. And they, the so-called safety studies right, they just said, never Stop. compare right. a true placebo. So the problem is that the vaccines use different chemicals in them. So they use aluminum. We know aluminum is a neurotoxin. Mm -hmm. We know it wreaks havoc on your immune system. Or they use thimerosal, which is mercury. Mm -hmm. We know that's toxic. Right. Like, have you ever seen a dentist who's going to take out mercury fillings? They have to, like, get in a hazmat suit and, right. like, special licenses to remove I it. I remember you told it's, me that. It's funny that it's okay to have in my teeth, though. What? Right. But you can't take it out. Yeah, but, it's been, so, but it's been living there, know, and then they expect it not to have some kind of flow state or just 
this leak, slow leak into the bloodstream. Into your system. Right. So, you know, in the trials. But, but, but the problem was with, with that real quick, just with mercury in the teeth, is the sugar and everything else and, and the decay that's happened with all these teeth. And, and over, over time, starts to leak. Huh. it starts to leak. But not only that, but that tooth is now so brittle and unstable that mm-hmm. if they go in there to try to fix it, all your teeth are going to fall apart. Yeah. Well, these are your circuit breakers to your entire electrical grid. So if you have an issue here, you have microtubules that lead to every single organ. So are you having bladder infections? What's up with your canine? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was so funny. Yeah. I have to look at the matrix of how that all connects. The teeth grid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, all right. Uh-huh. Not to hold you here forever. I want this to keep going, yeah. but uh, we'll see each other again. I know yeah. we will. Smart woman, very educated. You've gone on a different path mm-hmm. after you've been led down this shitstorm of just things happening professionally that unwarranted, frankly. How do you educate yourself? What are you reading? So I've actually gotten some of these kind of like spiritual warfare type books. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a little bit more into like spirituality yeah. um, and this concept of demons. I'd like to know more about it. And it was actually Stella. The doctor who influenced me. I was like, oh, maybe she's onto something. I better look into that. <laughs> but don't you think that's right, though? I mean, that's the right approach. Yeah. I, I actually just said that this morning again. Saying, I don't know why, did... everyone, why would anyone think they know everything? Right. Like, who's sitting in their chair thinking they know everything? I'm mostly sitting in there thinking, oh, my God, I don't know anything. Well, one of my best statements <laughs> that is always on top of mind is no one knows shit. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you realize that, you know one more thing than the next person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. it. Really, the... This whole experience that I've gone through in, in really kind of is a red pill, blue pill sure. type scenario. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it two weeks ago and I was like, we really do live in a matrix. Yeah. We really do. I mean, there really is another dimension of the universe that's sure. out there. And then there's a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, but I really felt that I've been lied to. Well, one, having it stolen from me. Mm-hmm. My wonder as a kid has been stolen. Mm-hmm. And as you enter into adulthood, yeah, there's certain things that trigger in your brain for more survival mode. But I'm sitting here 45 years old and I'm like, why, how, how come? And now I'm going back and, and, and people have said, hey, is this midlife crisis? This is not even close to midlife crisis. No way. My eyes have been opened. And I'm like, oh. Ooh, you know what yeah. else I just read recently? Mm. Um, some of David Bohm's work, okay. Physicist. Oh, I don't know that I, one. I think it's so fascinating how the physicists, and these are like the smartest people on the planet, right. the physicists. So Bohm was actually, like he was with Einstein and all those guys, but he kind of got kicked out of the, like the in-crowd physicists. But Einstein always liked him, but then he kind of got kicked out and they, they like wrote bad Which stuff about they, him. And the they didn't do enough drugs with him? Paper, I don't know what. <laughs> so he had to like leave the country. But he- He wrote, left the country? He did. Oh, wow. He died in the 90s, but- he wrote a lot about the quantum energy. Physics, yeah. 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 And this, the energy that's not tangible by like sight. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that he did is he took two pieces of matter. And when you do something to this piece, then this piece starts to do it too, if they're close enough. You know, they have this close enough and they'll do this. But if you then take those same two pieces and you put them far away from each other where they would not interact they will still interact. They'll still interact, right? Yeah. yeah and it has to do with this quantum energy. So I'm really, really fascinated by that. I'm also fascinated by the fact that these physicists who are so, so smart at the end always end up believing in God because they say there's no other solution. The res- yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. 
that's what's at the end of it, which, oh, you know what? The other physicist that I always remember, Stephen Hawkins. Yes. Just because he was just an unbelievable brain mm -hmm. uh, and just his rationale mm -hmm. coming up. I know he, I, I believe he was an atheist, mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, how, how could you come up with something like that? Yeah. Anyways, what about podcasts? We listen to for podcasts. Well, Healthcare 360, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. What would you refer people to go? Like, I listen to Andy Wakefield a lot. He's the 1986, the act. You know what's coming back out what? in two days? Brian Rose and David Icke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watch theirs. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. That's His, good. Uh -huh. I, David Icke's the ones that got banned. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty good. And very conspiratorial though, as far as how the whole grand scheme and this and who's trying to control who mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just going to open mind. Yeah. But it was just really. So I'm really interested in what he has to say this time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback to that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And last thing is you have the last word. What would you like to leave everybody with? I would like to tell everyone your journey is your journey. It's a challenge. But you will not be given something that is beyond you. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> that simple. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh, I want to thank you, everyone, again for joining us. We have Kristen. Where can they find you on social? Terrible at it, but I do have a Facebook page. Sure. So it's Kristen with an I, Camilla, comma, PhD. And I have Instagram, but I'm like, I have to get my kids to help me to use it. So... <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you send me a note, like, I might get it two years later. So <laughs> Facebook, I'm better, though. Facebook, you're good. Yeah, okay. yeah. And come to Biohackers. I'm almost always there. Come to my yoga. Yeah. We'll <laughs> make sure that the link in the podcast notes for that. I went. It's amazing. Literally, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. There's so much to do. Uh, and it's also, like, just different genres yeah. of what you like at the exactly. same time. I'm really interested into the yoga and the breath work, the sky breathing, because yeah. I know that I don't necessarily think that you need – plant-based medicines to get you to the zone. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the lesson is here's what it looks like. Here's what it feels like. Right. Now go do it this way yeah. on yeah. top of it all. So yeah. that's cool. Thanks again, Healthcare 360. Thank you for having Kristen me. Kristen Camella in front of us. I know she'll be back. So send those notes and the comments, bring it all in. We'd love to hear it. And we'll see you in the next one. Take care, everyone. Boom. That was great. We did it. We did it. I have a really fun time doing it. Yeah. We have. How many do you have recorded now? We just released 45. Wow. Yeah. Be sure to follow Kristen's battle. And I look forward to having her join us again with good news and important takeaways. Thank you to Kristen for not giving in and sharing her story with the 360 Nation. Because this is the only way to drive and bring about change. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoyed this conversation, please give this podcast a share and write a review. It really helps out the show. And if you haven't already done so, please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any way you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find us on my Instagram handle at Scott E. Burgess or direct message me on my direct WhatsApp plugin at scotteburgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss a topic option on Healthcare 360, look for the calendar link in the podcast notes below and let's set up a time to talk. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess. And from all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, we'll see you for episode number 50 with Sean Singh. And thank you for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation.